Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8 p.m., which can mean only one thing. The Online Darts Live Lounge is back, and it is our Betfred World Match Play Special, a bumper episode packed full of darting nonsense for you. And here we go, boys. Four-man team on the screens of myself, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce returns from honeymoon, shall we say, and Dan Simpson is in. Gentlemen, good evening. How are we? All right. Very well. Going to be good, isn't it? The match players here, the Windsor Gardens. It's dead exciting, this, isn't it? And I cannot wait. Look at the grin on Dan's face. It's like, wait, wait, honestly, it's like I, I, I genuinely get, I get about a week and a half into July and get genuinely giddy. Just no matter what's going on, I can just face the world with a slightly brighter look. It's it's all all, all is right with the world. Uh, look, it is the best tournament on the calendar. I don't care what anyone says. It's the Winter Gardens. It's the Betfred World Match Play. We know the darting calendar is about to go boom, boys. And a bumper episode. We have got our friends um, from Mark joining us from Betfred in a short minute. Fallon Sherrick will join us around 9pm as her practice continues for her defence of the Women's World Match Play. But, boys, again, never a dull moment in darts. There is always something going on. <coughs> I even missed an announcement last week. And now I'm back and so much more has happened. Yeah, first of all, we'll be nice, Lee. Congratulations. <laughs> we'll be Come nice for a minute. I wasn't on about that announcement. I was on about a different one. Or to phrase it the opposite way, Hayley, commiserations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one, or, one or the other. But first of all, before we get into it, let's say hi to the chat room. Tommy, James, Owen, Bob, Zach, how are we all doing? Uh, Tommy, Connor, uh, Naz is in. James, Bill, Kyle, Matthew, uh, Carl from Dark's Track. I hope you are good, buddy. Um, Excalibur, HGV is in and ABM is in. Remember, any questions, get them into the chat room. If we don't answer them straight away, we're not ignoring them. We'll star them and we'll get them ready for question time as always. But without further ado, our first guest of the evening is 
Mark from Betfred. Mark, how are we doing, buddy? Good evening, gents. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? All good, mate. All good. And look, we're under a week away now. The Betfred World Match Play is here. How excited are you? Uh, very nine days of sea air, fish and chips, and top quality darts. I love the nine days just as much as you boys. Look, I know we sponsor it, but I used to go even before we sponsored the tournament. It is brilliant. It's a brilliant venue in the Empress uh, Ballroom as well. We've got air conditioning now. Thank God, last year we had the hottest day of the year, didn't we? But it was, was, it? It was still all right in the Winter Garden. So, yeah, no, look, really looking forward to it. And I think we probably say this every year, but, I mean, the, the uh, quality is just getting better and better, isn't it? I mean, some of the first-round matches, uh, I'm getting old. I've got to put my glasses on. Uh, I mean, Dave Chisnell and Gary Anderson, that's just in the first night, isn't it? Uh, Rob Cross versus Daryl Gurney. That was a hell of a semi-final in 2019. Brian Sir versus Ryan Van Barnevelt. Great to see Barney uh, back at Blackpool. Peter Wright, Andrew Galding. It, some cracking first-round matches. Yeah, look, so much to talk about with the match play. Michael Van Gerwen looking to defend his title. Look, he came in under a cloud last year, blew everyone away. He's done the same this year. There's a cloud there, but he seems to be peaking at the right moments. Uh, yeah, it's just one in Poland, hasn't he? Now, yeah. he's not clear favourite. He is joint favourite. So we've got uh, three-way co-favourites at the moment. Gerwin Price, Van Gerwin, Michael Smith of a 92 co-favourite. So four and a half, one. Uh, Gerwin Price, beaten finalist last year. Uh, Michael Smith, our world champion, uh, beaten finalist in uh, 2019. And then Van Gerwen, you mentioned it. Won it three times before. Won it last year, 18-14. Can he go back-to-back? Well, he's 9-2. to two. And um, for us uh, who've been following the darts for a while, 9-2 to two for Van Gerwen. World match play since the powers retired. Seems a very big price, doesn't it? Yeah, look, we've got the odds up on the screen there for you with our partners, Betfred, of course. Look, there is one I want, I want to talk about. Yes, he's got the tie of the first round. But if he comes through that, the form he's in, Gary Anderson at 25 to 1, that looks a bit big. Yes, uh, our 2018 finalist, that was a brilliant final, wasn't it, against Mento Sulevich? Yeah, 25 to 1. Now, I mentioned it, the first round game against Dave Chisnell, we can't split them. It's 10 to 11, each of both. And that's on the final game, isn't it, on Saturday night as well. What a night to finish. What a way to finish the first night, Dave Chisnell versus Gary Anderson. So, you're right. Gary Anderson, if he can just roll back the years a bit form, if he's been putting the practice in, about 25 to 1 will be a huge price, won't it? Yeah, and I'm guessing if he beats Chisner, he won't be 25s on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, no, he certainly won't. He'll uh, go <laughs> a lot shorter uh, after that. Uh, uh, Chisnell is also 25 to 1. Rob Cross, our 2019 champion, is also 25 to 1. Uh, Josh Rock at 20 to 1. I tell you what, it might not be this year, but Josh Rock will win the Betfred World Match Play one day, won't it? Oh, the, 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 the boy is special. The boy is absolutely special. I'm going to put it up on the screen here now. We have the quarter betting. Well, we've got the quarters yeah. there for you. Um, and look, there's never an easy tie in the, the World Match Play. But which quarter do you like the look of the most? Um, right. Well, I'll just go through it very quickly. Quarter one is obviously Michael Smith's quarter. He's 11 to 10 favourite. Well, if it goes perform, then he could have a hell of a game against Nathan Aspinall, couldn't he? He's five to one second favourite that quarter. Uh, the next quarter, you've got um, 
Gerwin Price at uh, six to five favourites. Then uh, Dave Chisnell and Gary Anderson at eleven to two. Rob Cross at six to one. Uh, then Peter Wright's quarter. He's at eleven to four to win his quarter. Uh, Johnny Clayton three to one. And then the uh, final quarter, Michael Van Gerwen, six to four. Luke Humphreys, 100 to 30. Josh Rock, nine to two. Look, all quarters are just full of quality, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I fancy Michael Smith to go all the way. Uh, he did perform, did he, in that 2019 final? I fancy Michael Smith, world champion. Uh, I think it suits Michael as well, uh, this format. I, fan I fancy Smith to fire. And to lift the Betfred World Champion World Match Play for the first time, and be a nice repeat of the World Championship final, wouldn't it? I fancy a Smith Van Gerwen final. Oof, Van Gerwen to come out that quarter four looks brutal. Michael Van Gerwen, Josh Rock, Luke Humphreys, and Dirk Van Dyvenbone are all in quarter four. That is an ouch. And that's he's six to four though. Six to four to win his quarter is Michael Van Gerwen, and obviously. Uh, uh, you said he was a bit under the radar last year. He started turning it on, didn't he? He grew yeah. into he grew into the Betfred World Match Play last year, and certainly the semi final we saw the old Michael Van Gerwen, and we saw the old Michael Van Gerwen in the final, didn't we, against Gerwin Price? I completely look. It's going to be absolutely sensational. But also, not just the men's mark. We have the women's Betfred World Match Play looking forward to as well. Fallon Sherrick looking to defend her title, but. We have a clear favourite in this, and it isn't Fallon. Uh, yes. Look, we all know how sensational Bo Graves is. She's four to seven favourite uh, for this tournament. Uh, Fallon Sherrick, I know you're going to have her on later on. Uh, she's five to one second favourite. But I think it's brilliant by the PDC. Uh, it was a brilliant atmosphere uh, last year. It was a good crowd as well for the uh, Sunday afternoon before the men's final. I think it's a welcome addition to the Betfred World Match Play. Gets a massive thumbs up from us. And uh, I presented the trophy last year to Fallon Cherrick. It was a brilliant atmosphere uh, inside the Winter Garden. So, yeah, looking forward to it. But we all know that it's Bo Graves. She's, she's pretty good, isn't she? She's, um, she's a bit good. I will give you that one. But what you just said there about getting behind it, look, the standard in the women's game is just rising all the time. Would you be behind going to a 16-woman field and perhaps having two sessions, Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon in the future? Uh I'm always, always, I'm always going to vote for a double session in Blackpool. Put it that way. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, look, we have these conversations with the PDC. It's down to you know Matt Porter uh, and the rest of his team. But if Matt Porter and the PDC want to expand the uh, women's Betfred World Match Play, they'd only get the full support from us. They'd only get the full support from us if they did want to expand it. That's great to hear. Before we let you go, Mark, we want. A little outsider. Who do you fancy? A little bit of value for all our followers here at Online Darts. Well, I mean, you look at course and course racing. We talk about course and distance, don't we? Yeah. Now we've had eleven different winners of the World Match Play, and six of them line up. I don't think we'll see a new winner. I think. I've already said I fancy Michael Smith, but obviously you said an outsider. So if I was going to tip up an outsider, let's go for a course and distance winner. We've mentioned him already. How about Gary Anderson at 25 to 1? I like that. 
I, 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 genu I genuinely like that, and I think that is an absolute hoop. Mark, thank you very, very much for joining us here this afternoon, looking ahead to the Betfred World no. Match Play. We will be there all nine days with you, and thank you very much. And to all our customers, all the odds and everything that you need is at betfred.com for those nine days. The best in the business by a mile. No, thanks for what you do. Thanks for what you do for the game as well. Look, we may be a sponsor, but I'm a darts fan as well. So thanks for what you lot and your viewers do for the game. It's much appreciated. Well, just a quick mention as well. I just want to mention we're going to raise money for Millen Cancer uh, support once again. Every 180s thrown in both the men and the women's, we're giving uh, 50 quid. And I think last year with the behind the scenes throwing as well, I think we, we gave about 35,000 to Millen Cancer Ooh. support. So hopefully... We'll give another 35 grand to Macmillan. Absolutely unbelievable, mate. Thank you very, very much. And we will Good see you. Take care. Have a good night. See you later. Cheers, thank you very much, everyone. Mark from Betfair. Thank you very much. Um, right, guys. That's the betting side of it all done. Now, let's look at the action. As we said, some, some lot going on there. But off the cuff, before we dissect it all, who are you most looking forward to seeing at the Winter Gardens? Oh. Well, I, it depends on what you mean by most looking forward to seeing. Like, just... Um, there's some unbelievable first-round ties. Like, unbelievable first-round ties. Um, I think Damon Hetter, Josh Rock could be amazing. Just in atmosphere and entertainment and the potential match that you could get out of it. Wade and Doby could be very good as well. And Steve Beaton's yeah. there, so what's not to love? It, it's hard to pick out an individual to, to see. I'm, we view Danny looking at the Danes, but there's there's a few hidden gems in there, I think. Like you look at Nappy um, versus Martin Schindler that could throw up a Dane with how well Martin Schindler's playing and obviously Nappy's a, a TV winner Who's not looking forward to seeing Barney back at Winter Gardens? Uh, as you mentioned, other than probably Anderson and Chizzy, the one that sort of stands out as a first-round one for me is the Damon Hetter, Josh Roth. Damon Hetter had the sort of the debut feel last year and now he's coming up against the debutant. So it's going to be interesting to see how their sort of dames pan out. But I think the draw has opened up quite a lot. And that Barney quarter... Could um, be very, very interesting. Well, I, I think I don't know. He didn't. Mark didn't mention the price, but he he, he mentioned Wright and Clayton being the, the two favourites to come through that quarter, which makes me feel like there must be unbelievable value on Dimitri Vandenberg, because on recent form and and just I suppose the the way that we've seen him play this year against the way we've seen. You know, right, Searle, Barney, Clayton played this year. There's got to be some value in Dimmy coming through that quarter. Nine to two, Dimmy to come through that quarter. Yeah, I think that's... It was after the last weekend. Before, that's home, I, think that's I disagreed with you. Very, very recent form. He's turned it on from somewhere. He was dreadful in the Premier League. Wasn't that great on the floor events around it. And obviously, we had all the nonsense with Team Belgium throughout the World Cup as well. So, it hasn't really been the same Dimmy that went on to lift that trophy. But... He didn't play badly during the World Cup, though, did he? Like he didn't look, he didn't look like his game wasn't there. It was just shenanigans to one side. I, I think that's real value in that in that quarter. Looking at the 
the darts that have been played by the other players in that quarter. I think that's real value. Especially right now. If you'd offered me that matchup three months ago against Ross Smith, I'm taking Ross Smith all day of the week and twice on a Sunday. He was just in my comparison, but... At other periods in time, same with, you know, potentially going through Ross Smith and potentially Johnny Clayton in the second round and then, a, you know, a, a, a Peter Wright or a Barney after that. Like, it, it, on paper, it should be an incredibly difficult quarter, but it, it just looks like if Dimmy turns up and turns it on, he, he could just smash his way through there. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't disagree. So, right, let's, let, let's dissect it. Let's get into it. Quarter one. Michael Smith against Steve Beaton, James Wade, Chris Dobie, Danny Noppert, Martin Schindler, Nathan Aspinall, Christoph Ratajski. Now, if you'd have asked me a week ago, I'd, I'd have said Michael Smith comfortably. However, there are just signs that Nathan Aspinall is starting to kick into life. Get the draw back up on screen, by the way, please. <laughs> The, the, Not that I haven't got it open, just for everyone else watching, it just makes sense, doesn't it? I think it's a double hit on that, Phil, because Aspinall is, is really showing signs of things coming together. But at the same time, we're not seeing sort of ultra world number one dominance from, from Michael Smith. You know, Michael Smith has shown in recent months that, that he can and, and will be got at. In, in, under the right circumstances, um, it just doesn't look as solid as, as you'd maybe think. You know, the world number one would look. Yeah, um, look, James Wade posted some some big numbers on the Euro Tour. Again, two weeks ago, we probably wouldn't have been speaking about him, but he just given everyone a little nudge. This this is really that. I guess the, the first time since the Premier League for Chris Dolby to sort of show us what he's got again. I know we had some great performances in the, the Prem, but not so much the results. So it'll that has got to be one of the sort of standouts for that first round. Um, but it is a very, very interesting quarter because of what's happening with Michael Smith currently, especially the change coming into the match play. We've seen it with other players, not worked so successful. <sighs> And we've just come out of Poland, and I didn't go to plan, but surely that's only got to give someone like Ratoisty confidence as well. Martin yeah. is playing well. That that sort of quarter could open up so much. That's probably, for me, that's probably the most difficult to pick because I've got an argument for probably five or six of them. Yeah, uh, quarter two, Peter Wright, obviously the top seed, but Peter Wright won't have played competitively, I think, since the World Cup, when he goes to that Winter Garden stage, is that a risk? Is that a danger? Yeah. It is playing a man who probably won't be phased in any way. We'll just turn up and throw things at the board and, and we'll probably average 95, 96 at least. Yeah. The other side to that is... On stage, he's just had no confidence whatsoever currently. So the fact he's had time away from the sort of game competitively might work in his favour. We've seen what he can produce at the match play. So I'm not as convinced because of his being away. I'm more convinced the form he's had the whole of 23. He's such a confidence player as well. Yeah. He's probably the most 
the, the most the player that relies on confidence the most in the top eight. Like Van Gerwen can battle his way through. Gerwin Price can battle his way through. Michael Smith, we're seeing a different side to him nowadays. But if Peter Wright doesn't believe he's going to go up there and win, then he's got no hope. And like yeah. I said, there's so many things that are there for Peter Wright at the minute. The lack of match practice, the fact that he probably hasn't settled on a, a set of equipment because he still tops and changes. Without that continued match practice, without being able to apply it, and without having those moments of success with equipment, but if he had played these these two days and then not and not not taking the first round, that for me would have probably been worse than him turning up at all. Him not playing and putting in the time, hopefully practicing, hopefully using one set of darts. Uh, <laughs> I said hopefully. Um, do another funny. Do another one. <laughs> but hopefully that that could actually work in his favour more than going into a tournament and having very little success and that confidence being dented even more. So, like says, I am concerned for Peter Wright, but that's generally around the year so far as I am about him not playing competitively for a few weeks. The other one. Forget the game. Who's looking forward to the Eye of the Tiger rattling around the Empress Ballroom again? <laughs> no. Crap Walker. We all know he stole it from Dennis Harbour. All right, John. <laughs> <laughs> been infiltrated. Dennis Harbour's used it on TV more often than Barney has in the last 18 months. See, the, th- the thing is, though, as well, is it, it will, regardless, it will go down a storm, won't it? With, with every... There's, there's not going to be... There's not going to be several thousand Jalath Eatons in Blackpool that day, and, and, and they're going to absolutely lap it up as soon as that song starts playing. As you not told you, Jars bought the whole session. He's got a private, <laughs> private screening, doesn't <laughs> Just stand in the middle and boo. <laughs> um, but no, look, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Johnny Clayton, into decent Nick, Dimitri, we've spoken about. Quarter three. I'm looking forward to this one. Because Joe in Price, not at his best, in his own words, I'm rusty. Joe Cullen, coming back into a little bit of form. Rob Cross knows how to win ugly. And then Chizzy Gary. This is a belter. Yeah, and I, I, th- I like about this is, is the combination of second and third round, you know, potential potential matches that, that we've got. Um that's I think what the, what makes it so exciting. You know, that the fact that we, we could get a, a price against Anderson or we could get a even you know, uh, uh, we could have Price and Cullen in the second round. Like, there's just some really, really attractive fixtures that that could come out of this quarter really quickly in the tournament. Let's not forget the history of the players that are the non-seeded in this side as well. Look, Mike Zecker, perhaps not right up there, but Stephen Bunting has fond memories of playing Gerwin Price on this stage. Daryl Gurney, similar, beaten by Rob Cross in a game that he perhaps should have won a few years ago. And Gary Anderson's a former champion as well. You look at the matchups here, and actually there's a lot to shout about for the non-seeded players on this side of the draw. Yeah, completely. I guess with this one, it's very, I agree with you, Dan, the matchups that are potential in this quarter. However, what a matchup we've got in Trizzy and Anderson. I don't think anyone argues that it's the, the on paper, it's the tie of round one. Um, and as uh, Mark alluded to, the prices on sort of this quarter are so big 
but it only takes one win and that person will drop ridiculously because of how good that is. So if Gary Anderson nets that first win over the board, potentially then those on, you'd then expect him to be meeting Derwin Price and we know what history there is between them two previously. Why not see it then in Blackpool? So there's yeah. so many possibilities, but the first rounds in this in this quarter are right. Especially if you get another upset in the same part of the draw as well, because then it just opens up that little bit more. Yeah, well, we know it's hard saying as an upset because the talent is not, but yeah. Joe Tullington flipped the switch and just go off and went real off two or three days in a week, and then he's you know, we've seen that sort of form to go on and lift the title or that very close to doing so. And you never know how someone's going to react on debut. Um, we could see the form that we've seen in Dettinier and Mike Decker equally. That could turn into a one-sided game if Joe Fulham can find his form. So there is very, very plenty of opportunities. I know I said for me, um, four to one's difficult to pick. This probably falls into that for different reasons. There's a lot of players in this quarter with form. Joe Fulham's um, best ever run at the match play as a quarterfinal. Is that when he lost to Gary? 2018, yeah. You know, right now, though, do you think if he was offered the quarterfinal, he'd take it? Does it mean beating Didector and Derwin Price? Probably. Or Bunting. Don't rule out Stephen Bunting, by the way. I think Stephen Bunting's a proper danger man. Yeah. Danger. Like, Locally enough as well, Helen's boy to Blackpool, played up there, doesn't mind the heat, and has beaten Gerwin Price on that stage before. Yeah, he's, he's, he's home, in, home in his own bed every night, isn't he? Like, he's not, you know, it, it, there's a lot to be said for creature comfort sometimes. Now, we're not in Blackpool's much better, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom, uh, Fallon will be on around nine o'clock. And then, look, quarter three, oh, sorry, quarter four, this is brutal. Absolutely brutal. Look, I think it's safe to say that we all think MBG will beat Dolan. Yeah. Over that distance on TV, yeah. Yeah. Hetter yeah. Rock could go either way. I think Humphreys will have too much for De Salza and Dirk will have too much for Kim. But Yeah, but it'll be funny watching that last one because they are just going to go at each other. <laughs> oh, they are literally. It's going to be like testosterone charged. Diff, diff, just give me a last lead decider in that one. I don't care which rate those, but the, the drama you'll have debt into that. Never mind the lead itself. Have you seen uh, Kim's record at Blackpool? Yeah, yeah. I'd say I just want to be Eight years, one victory. <laughs> They've put them on early, haven't they? Early afternoon session on the Sunday. Like, just to try and, I think, just to restrain that one a little bit. No, I see the crowd going for the rest of the crap matches they've done with it. <laughs> um, I do think Hetter and Josh Rock is, is as close to the toss of a coin as we've got in the first... You know, I know you said I know you said about about Chizzy and, and Anderson, um, but I think that's a that's a, a proper you know fifty fifty. Yeah, um, I'm I'm not sure. Look, I know Damo says that he doesn't think about it X Y and Z, but his TV form has to be questioned. He's an unbelievable player, but he doesn't produce the same on the TV as he does on the floor. I think we're past that a little bit, given the fact they won the World Cup last year. 
until we see that again at the back end of this year, I don't think you can judge it off such a spread out duration of TV events. Mm, I disagree. So, last year, right, this year has been better, but last year it was quarterfinal of the UK Open, round one of the match play, round one of the Grand Prix, round one of the European Championships, group stage at the Grand Slam, round one of the Players' Championships, won the World Cup, round two of the World Series of Darts Finals. Hey, how many of them were debuts? Then you have to take that into consideration. One, the Grand Slam. Max was Play was last year, wasn't he? No, he played in 2021 as well. Did he? I thought I'd seen him on the... When I was looking back, I thought I'd seen him as debutant in... No, he played, played in 21 as well. Oh, God. Yeah. The world he lost to Peter Wright. I let him off. The match play, he drew Michael Van Gerwen. Not, not last year, he didn't. He did. Joel Cullen, he lost to last year. He lost to Joe mm-hmm. Cullen. MVG the year before. Lost to Cullen in the Grand Prix 2-1. He definitely played Cullen last year. He lost to he lost he 10 Interesting, interesting. Damon Hetzer to beat him and Joe Cop the ump. Yeah, so I'll tell you what's interesting. If you take out the World Cup win, the most successful year he's had in terms of like a 12 months where he's done, you know, had a few runs. Um, granted, because he was fairly fresh, he didn't qualify for, for half the events, but he made three quarter finals in 2020, COVID year. Yeah, Slam Players Championships in the World Cup, three quarter finals, which is in terms of going deep into tournaments, the most he's done was his debut year. We've only seen one quarter final since then, UK Open last year. I mean, of those, who did I say ran into? Cullen twice, including the World Series? Yeah, I think so. They bumped Peter into Peter Wright, who went on to win the World Championship. No, they didn't. Mark Smith did. Close enough. I guess. <laughs> 2022 was Peter Wright. Yeah, but I suppose in, in the, the people you list there, and, and you, obviously massive players ranked higher than him on the order of merit, but like, you know, in terms of the comparison of his game on the TV and on the floor, he's, 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 he's number four. The ones that will stand out is Petretzko and Van der Voort, but that is the back end of the season when everyone's going, oh, Hetter's been tipped up, but he's not doing anything. But then you look at the draws he was getting and he was in trouble. I just think it will play on his mind. Not this year. I think he's just too relaxed now. Because his Euro Tour form seems better this year. Oh, his Euro Tour form has been super. No, he's a, he's an unbelievable player. He just look at his be- Euro Tour form yeah. this year. I also think we've got to take into account. I know I said it for Didetta, but it's the same with Josh Roth. Coming in on debut, we've not seen an awful lot of him from a TV perspective since the World Championships. Rod says, I think that experience could play in Hetter's favour, but it is a great first round tie and 
any result wouldn't surprise me. I would expect it to be close. Four semi-finals and two quarter-finals on the Euro Tour this year. He's looked good on the Euro Tour. Yeah, no, he has. But he has to do it on TV. That is on TV. <laughs> are we, are we yeah, calling yeah. them TV majors now, are we? Yeah, on my they're TV. majors, but they are televised. To say they're not is just a bit of nonsense, isn't it? There's cameras oh, and full-on crowds. Some of them crowds are bigger than what they play in front of on TV. UK well, say- TV majors. If you're saying that, then the Pro Tours are on TV because I watch them on there. It's the balance of cameras and crowd, isn't it? Euro Tour is a full-on production these days. Televised in Europe, not just because it's on PDC TV or via play over here. And played in front of crowds that are sometimes bigger than what you get for midweek sessions of TV majors. There are more people in, in the crowds in some of these Euro Tours on a Friday and Saturday night than there is at Leicester or Wolverhampton. <laughs> uh, I, I've just got a text from Fallon. Message me when you need me. Is the Prime Man on? <laughs> that's not. That's not me. <laughs> Although I think I've got. I think we've got some in the fridge. We've got some. Whatever the pink flavour is, we've got some of the pink flavour in the fridge. Oh, <laughs> oh. right. Oh. <laughs> this is going to be great. Right, first of all, chat room as well, get involved. I would like your quarter winners to start with. Quarter one, two, three, and four. Who's going first? What do you want? Do you want all four? Do you want to do quarter one, then quarter two, then quarter three? We'll do all quarter ones first then. So quarter one. Chris Dorby. Both going to take Duran. I've brought him in. Have you seen? <laughs> he is playing in the match play this year. He is, yeah, I know. I'll be supporting him. <laughs> uh, um, quarter one, Nathan Aspinall. Uh, evening, Patrick. Hope you're good, mate. There you go. Who are you going for, Gob? Uh, Michael Smith. I quite like James Wade's relatively recent form, but I just think he's in there with too many big scorers, despite the fact he's scoring really well. Dobie will be a battle, as will Michael Smith, if it's those two. So then go any further. I just think he's going to be incredibly tough. Uh, I'm going Smith as well. I think Smith beats Aspinall. Uh, quarter number two. Joe Cullen. Oh, I've got the wrong one. That's three, in it? Yeah. <laughs> like, that spoils the surprise for later then, doesn't it? Because I'm looking it's at it. Not, on that is, no, that is right. No, that is right. That is second is quarter. Is it? in the right yeah. one? Yeah. So you're going Cullen? Yeah, Joe Cullen. Boise? Dave Chisnell. Gob? I was going to go Chisnell as well. (laughs) 
Oh, well, with an addendum, only if he doesn't play Gezi in the quarters. Gezi has to lose before that. See, I haven't beaten him. No, I, I don't think he beats Gerwin Price over that distance up on stage. I just think it'll break down or something. I don't know why. I've just envisaged, when I was looking at it, I had that game and I just envisaged, just because of what happened last year, it being a very crowd-driven game, and that could be one where it happens. If Dave Chisnall's finding the 180s, that could turn into a different kind of game, and I think Chizzy can come through that. So what are you going for, Gob? I'm still saying Chizzy, but he just has to hope that going Price has lost before that quarterfinal. Right. Do I go heart or do I go head? There isn't a Michael in this quarter, so it must be difficult for you, to be honest, unless you're having Mike. Mike, yeah. So, right. <laughs> Head is saying go in price. Hart is saying believe it will happen. Gary Anderson. Ooh. Are you going to tip him for every tournament between now and the end of the season, Phil? Yeah. <laughs> to now in his retirement. I'm doing it. Gary Anderson makes a quarterfinal minimum. Who's <laughs> retirement? Dan yeah. Anderson's or Phil's? I'm going. I'm going. Gando, I believe. Well, you just said he makes a quarterfinal minimum, but that'll be a semi, you ficko. <laughs> makes a semi then. <laughs> um, He'll have more than a semi if Gary makes the semi-finals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quarter three. And flip flops are getting another out in. in <laughs> you know, yeah, where am I? Top right. <laughs> so rogue. Top right, Peter Wright's quarter. Is that where we're at? Yeah. yeah. Right. Dimitri Vandenberg. When I rocked up and flip flops in pop bar was brilliant. <laughs> Dimitri Vandenberg. Oh. It does love Blackpool. But I've done the ferret. Go. To be honest, just I'm, I was a bit like you in the Ando field. The heart was leading towards Barney on this, but it's just my heart can't be as strong for uh, Barney as yours is for Ando. Field, so <laughs> I'm clearly down with Clayton. <laughs> no way. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my. I just think he's so awkward. Oh my, what is going on here? I just think he's so awkward to play. <laughs> All I'm saying, I'm going to read these lineups out in a minute. If these if these are anywhere near true, then this is going to be a wow. Just obviously because we have a lot of people who listen on the uh, podcast, Dob has just put his thumb up to represent that he's saying Andrew, Andrew Gildin will be in the semi-finals. He's going for the gold finger. I, I just think he's so awkward to play. And every time you think you've got him pegged back a bit, just nothing phases him. We 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 saw him, didn't we, Gob? You and I at, um, at Ali Pali this year. We, yeah. That was the session we were at. And I, I'd never watched the man live before. And genuinely, he looks... He, he he looks beyond comfortable in that he looks completely unfazable, doesn't it? He like he looks so sort of just like he sort of drifts through. But I just think if if you could design someone or like a mentality or an attitude to play Peter Wright in Blackpool, it probably is Andrew Gildin, isn't it? I just think the heat will kill him. It's air conditioned now. I'm t- apparently is it? 
not on the stage, but it's still going to be absolutely baking on that stage. I am going. Johnny Clayton just, but I think Ross Smith will push him. So after all that bigging up for Dimitri, you just said he loses first round? Yeah, I think Ross Smith at at 180s him. Madness. (laughs) Quarter four. This is the boring one, isn't it? Yeah. Tell, tell Dirk two. and Tim on first round and then tell Lou Humphreys that that might be the case as well. I don't think they'll be too happy with that, Dan. In terms of predictions, yeah, it's Michael Van Gerwen, isn't it? Boise? I, I do think so. However, I want to see him and Dirk go at it. So I would I love think, to I, see I don't think Dirk gets past round two. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. Yeah, I agree. But that's what, that's what I want to say. I'd like to see Dirt and MVG going at it. If I know where did Dirt go at it, there's only one winner. Yeah, Dirt shits himself. But it won't be I'd happy. quite like to see them play darts as well as go at it. But <laughs> It won't be happening as Luke Humphreys wins that quarter. Ooh. Now, I think the quarterfinal will be MVG, Bree Humphreys. But I just think MVG is in Humphrey's head a little bit, especially after the weekend that Luke threw everything at him, smiled, and got on and just couldn't get near him. Well, he definitely didn't smile at the weekend, did he? <laughs> uh, I'm going MVG. So our quarterfinal, sorry, our semi-final lineups. Dan, you have gone: Dobie, Cullen, Dimitri, MVG. Boise, Aspinall, Chisnell, Johnny, MVG. Gob, Smith, Chizzy, Gilding, Humphreys. Yeah, that's grim, isn't it? Not even I want to fucking watch that. <laughs> Smith, Ando, Johnny, MVG. You're, you're on, you're, if your quarterfinal happens, you're on four leg bar for everything. Two hours special we want, though. Yeah, if, 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 that's, <laughs> if that's the semi final lineup, you're banned. <laughs> I also won't be on Fallout because it's finals night and I'll be covering that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, everyone, chat room as well. From your lineups, I would like your winner and your runner up for the 2023 Betfred World Match Play. And just before we go, it, Gob, if your final is Chisnell versus Gildian, then we're all going home. Um, whilst you've got a couple of minutes to think about that, our friends from the CDC are in. Anthony is in. Hope you are good, buddy. You need to come out. You need to get over one day. Right. Winner and runner-up for the 2023 Betfred World Match Play. I think I've gone first each time, haven't I? I I'm really struggling. To look past Michael Van Gerwen after the weekend, and I think it's—I think he beats Joe Cullen in the final. If that happens, is that not is that enough to get Joe back in the Premier League? Oh well, oh. I mean, 
I mean, you'd suggest not. I mean, now is the time of year we traditionally start to discuss the Premier League lineup, isn't it? No, I mean, no just, just before the, just before the match. No. The only person who talks about the match play now is Luke Humphries, which he probably will if he beats Joe's yeah. first round. Premier League, yeah. <laughs> He'll beat Jose first round and then say, "I've got to be close to the Premier League." <laughs> well, I tell you what, if you get to um, if you get a Cullen Humphreys final, it's a Premier League shootout, isn't it? <laughs> um, Boise, what are you going for? It's I can't not look at MVG to win it. I think Chizzy gets the final, beats Aspinall in the semi. MVG beats Johnny, right, and then another, another disappointing. Outcome for Dave Chisnell. Right, ladies and gentlemen, just cross your arms and shut your ears. Gob, what's your winner and runner-up going to be from your quarter? Oh, the final sensible. Luke Humphreys beats Michael Smith. Luke Humphreys wins his maiden TV title at the Winter Gardens. Yeah. I don't think he's a set play player. I think he's a leg play player. He likes to build a lead and go at you. And this is it. Do I do it? Of course you do. Well, I've got the dream. Oh, I've got the El Clasico final. Why do we put up with him? <laughs> I've done it. I've got the El Clasico final. Ando beats Smith. MVG beats Johnny. Do I? No, I can't. I just think MVG will have too much. I'm, I'm going to go M- MVG to beat Gary Anderson. Go back to your semis. Smith MVG. Anderson. Oh, I thought you said Ando beats Johnny. No, I said and I said MVG beats Johnny. Michael beats Gary, but how good would it be if Gary Anderson wins the Betfred World match play? I just, well, I don't see. I've had him to lose first round, so. <laughs> so, so and that is Gary Anderson probably summed up. I know the form he's been in the last six months has been, seven months has been right. so much better. Let's jump into the chat room. Let's get you all involved. Bill's got Humphreys to beat MVG. James has got Chiz to beat Dirk. Price to beat Humphrey. Price MVG. See, look, Zach's on the right. Zach's on the right wavelength. Uh, Patrick's got all oh, the World Cup teammates go head to head in the final. Is that yeah? That could happen, couldn't it? Separate parts of the draw. Cross brave, but I like it. Gurney, Gando, or Chizzy, Price, Smith, MVG. What fucking run that would be? Wade beats Clayton. I tell you what, if that happens, God will be doing cartwheels. <laughs> um, MVG can't play, but they can't meet in the final, mate. MVG. You could have Gary Anderson against Barney. Yeah, oh, that. <laughs> 
Peter Wright winner. Brave? No. I won't be having a... No. Uh, Carl Price beats MVG. Uh, Evening Prestle from Canada. Hope you are good. Demi to meet Price. Uh. Price to meet MVG. MVG Chisnell. Repeat of the world final. Do you, know, do you know what I think this one weekend of Michael Van Gerwen's done? is It's meant that nowhere in the chat room have we seen people talking about Josh Rock. No one's picked Josh Rock for a final, which is a bit unusual recently because normally people pick him all the time. Look, we'll come on to that in a minute because we'll talk about Poland about, and it kind of come from nowhere. Um, Ask to be Dimmy. Absolutely, yeah. Anthony, you are always welcome to come on the live lands whenever you want, buddy. As a fan, always welcome. And he's got price to be MVG. Which, reminder, when we get to any a week in darts later, we have to discuss the CDC. Yeah, yeah, it's on. Because we will no doubt miss that one. Did somebody just pick Barney, bit or beat and... That's that's that would be the best final ever. <laughs> or maybe maybe the best one would be or like old guard and new guard and it like beating against Josh Rock. That'd be impressive. Yeah, look, I can, I literally cannot wait for the Betfred World Match play. It just sets everything up, doesn't it? You we we know the dark season has officially started. Because like the first half of the year, there's massive gaps from July onwards. Boys, this is where it gets serious. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I look forward to Blackpool. And I just think the, the Saturday night is opened up perfectly with that Chisnall and Anderson name being in there to end the night. It's a perfect start to the tournament. That Saturday session, I think, it can open up many things in those four games. And then it just leads us into so many different possibilities. The amount of variations we've seen in the chat room, the amount we've got between us, mainly just dog browsing random names. But the the anything can happen in Blackpool. We've seen that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a bite. We've seen that. Uh, we've seen that over the years. And I just hope, I just hope to God we see the true darting fans return to Blackpool and that crowd play a part in a positive way and not how we saw some of it last year because that's sort of the little negative I have about it, looking forward to it. Yeah, look, I, I, I cannot wait. Um, which rest? I think all four will probably be there at the start. Um, it may get windowed down, but I think all four will be there to start with. So, to be fair, look, this, this is a good talking point. And look, the PDCs, after what we've seen, they've tried everywhere. Will they try? Probably. However, the PDC security are genuinely unreal. I'd be surprised if they got anywhere near the stage. I agree. Well, I don't want to jinx anything. When was the last time we saw any sort of incident like that on stage? Yes, when, that, like that. when they hijacked the World Trophy, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but again, I, I was lucky enough that 
I know the security quite well, and they, they, I saw the CCTV footage how they pulled that off, and the PDC security learned so much on that incident that I just don't see it happening again. Yeah, like I know we've spoke about sort of the Premier League incidents and they're sort of separate. How Blackpool is set up, it would be very difficult to do it with the quality of still that the security have uh, at the PDC. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's an attempt, but. I think it the, the the layout of of darts in that way doesn't lend itself very well for anybody wanting or trying to get access to that area. You know, if, right. you, if you think of a lot of other sport, you know, if you sports where we've seen things, cricket, football, other bits and pieces, you've got to go down. You've got to sort of go down and get past somebody. You, you, as long as you can get over something, you, you've got you've got half a route. Very very different to come through. Get over something before anyone can stop you. Get going up. It, yeah, that's what I mean. You, you, you've got to go up, down, up to yeah, get to the place. It, it's it's laid just, out I, perfectly to to prevent things like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just don't see them getting near near enough we, to, to do it. Yeah, the only sea of orange I expect to see is Jarla Feeton and his Barney Army fan club on Monday night. That's. I'm, assuming, anyone, I'm assuming they'll let them in. Do, 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 does anyone know what Jarla's got? Plan for the Barnani fan club for the Winter Gardens. It's a it's a private club, isn't it? On social media, so you can only access it if you pay the membership for it's a jar. So it's all secretive. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some digging on the Saturday because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, we won't dive into another huge subject like Poland just yet. However, there was an announcement today. We knew it was coming. Just, just didn't know when. Because I sort of like stumbled across the filming in New York. For those that saw the video today, he gives it away that Price is in his New York shirt when he's done it <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, the World Championships has a new sponsor, everyone. Um, Kazoo are no more. And there's a couple of bits I'll bring up in, in a minute. But first of all, Paddy Power, this is going to be a lot of fun in the build up to the World Championships. It already is. The way that they launched it, they, they just are. Uh... Look, as, as much as we are working with Betfriend in a minute, and they are absolutely fantastic to work with, Paddy Power are the marketing kings. And I don't think anybody would deny that. They have a fantastic sense of humour. They get the tone right an awful lot. Um, and they've just got such a reach because of what they built up. The team that they've got there are just fantastic. And actually having that on board for the World Championships, it was referenced in the article from the PDC. They announced it with their own sense of wit and humour, like everybody knows who they are because of their marketing. Yeah, now, here's the interesting bit. Obviously, um, there's a bit of confusion on social media that they haven't, they just said this year, but when you do some digging, there are articles around within the industry saying it is a three-year deal, not just this year. Um, Quite damning for Kazoo that the World Championships was a multi-year deal that was signed. I went back and che- checked the press release. Um, that what was put out to us because we signed a multi-year deal for the PDC World Championship. And one year on, it's no more. It was always it was always a huge risk for the PDC to have a sponsor for so many events. Yes, we see the multiple events that some mainly betting companies have. But for Kazoo to take over so many of the big ones, including the biggest of all, um, 
it, we, we, I'm sure we spoke about it at the time that it was a slight worry. Um, but we always expected that if that was to falter, that betting companies would jump back over it. And um, obviously, I've spoken about it before that it'd be great to see other advertising that we've seen from non-betting companies. But I'm fully with Dob from a sort of a social media aspect. The build-up to that World Championship, yeah, we've seen a, a, probably, I'm guessing, a very small glimpse of what they're going to do in the lead-up to what is the clusters, the biggest Christmas party in town. Paddy Perry going to be all over that. And I would assume not only on a social media aspect, but that fan village will be buzzing with different activities and different stuff. So for a bookmate to take it and promote the game, there's probably no one better currently than Paddy yeah, Perry to do that. And I remember it, it made me kind of chuckle when they announced Kazoo for like last year that everyone was going on, oh, the PDC are getting rid of betting sponsors. It was like, not getting rid of them. It was just the fact that Kazoo offered more money. Way more. It was, it was massively overpaid to crash the market is what they did. They took an awful lot on with Matchroom in general, taking on the snooker as well as a lot of the darts events. Possibly got a little bit of discount in taking on so many of them, but the amount of money they must have paid for title sponsorship of nearly half of the tour would have been ridiculous. It appears that the approach that that company usually take or the people behind Kazoo have done it in other markets as well, where they spend an awful lot on marketing and, and advertising to start, hopefully crash into the market, make a big impact and make that back in the next couple of years. And the, the, the used car market is so diluted, it's impossible to push them all out. Well, I, I had a quick look at where they were at today. Um, and and the easiest way with a business like that, I, I went and literally did a, a like, let's have a look in the FT, see what we can, like, see what we can, so when they, when they announced last, when they announced the sponsorship last year, and they were going through all these things that they were going to, you know, that it was going to be the kazoo, this, the kazoo, that, um, the share price was £35.80 per share. This morning, their shares opened at £1.19. That tells you. That tells you everything about where that business is. Like if you if you if you look at it in honestly, me, me saying thirty five pound to one pound nineteen a year doesn't do justice. The graph is <laughs> just it just goes like that, and it just goes straight down. Yeah, and I, and 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 again, like if you're trying to reassure, like market value at the minute forty five million pounds. Like if you're trying to reassure, um shareholders and get some more investment and, and st- which is what they'll probably need to do um like no one's getting a dividend they, they're desperate for investment throwing money out at you know the darts is, is probably not a way to reassure your shareholders one thing on this as well is the belt coming back no grow up no <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying bring back the belt I, I do no. think the change, though, is in that, like, we can talk, there's a lot of views, I think, when people talk about good sponsors. I think sometimes, you know, in reality, like, what, is it, what do they actually mean? And I think, well, some people think, well, they just like the name. You know, they like that it's called the Embassy something. You know, they're, they're quite like, it feels it sounds good. There's other people that think, well, it makes the stage look good. Because like, there's already people going, oh, the stage is going to be green. Like, and the, that's the first thing people think about. But I just think, well, I, I'm not convinced that Kazoo... And Kazoo sponsoring the World Championships convinced more than a handful of people that wouldn't have watched it to put the darts on. And I just think Paddy Power have got far more potential and ability 
to to get people who wouldn't have watched it to watch it. People who might be Paddy Power customers for various other sports, people who might just see their adverts on the television. I, I think they'll do far more for the World Championship beyond just paying to be the sponsor um, than, than we've seen, in, certainly in the last year at least. Yeah, yeah the, the, the only people who may have been a little bit disappointed with the announcement is a few players who need to up their acting stills because we are going to see players in a lot of ads, I would think so, up until Christmas. And some of them will lap it up, but some of which will probably think, I don't want to be then involved in that, changing my nickname. When you're stumping up that much cash, every other sponsor has pretty much had access to the same players. If they go and say, right, this is what we want to do with our advertising plan, they can have access to all of this. And none of them have stumped it up, whether that be because they haven't got the production skills or whatever else. But but Paddy Power will. They, they're not afraid to go and push boundaries. A hundred percent. Those boundaries will be pushed to the absolute limit. And I think the potential for some of the adverts that we could have there, the link up, especially like all I kept thinking about all day is what Paddy Power might do with darts players nicknames. Like, and as soon as I start to see sketches with Andrew Gilding done up as James Bond in it and, and, and like other, oh, there's so much stuff that we could see from Paddy Power. And I'm desperately excited for it. And as if by magic, I think she's just about ready. Yeah. The one and only Miss Fallon Sherrick. Oh God. Hello. How are you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, we've got you loud and clear. And as you said, Prime Boy is here. Yeah. What's he got? Has he got any more on his shelf? Or is it? No, he's not been paid yet. <laughs> I've never sworn at a guest before, Fallon, but you might be close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, first of all, Fallon, look, great to see you back playing. Uh, the world match play is on the horizon. Looking to defend your title from last year. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. And I think, you know, going into the Moda Super Series prior to it is really, like, helping my game at the moment. So, fingers crossed, you know, if I carry on, you know, I can do the title again, hopefully. Look, we see you out practising at the moment as well, getting as much in as you can. Yeah, I've actually sat at a pub. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's a pub. I don't know. It's at, it's at the um, theatre district. Um, in Milton Keynes, so I'm like, okay, so there's a dartboard over in the corner, and they're all doing double in, double out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll come help. And I'm like, oh god, where am I going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the form that you're showing at the moment, you've played some absolute superb stuff on the women's series. I know you were frustrated that you weren't winning, but you finally got that title. You went to the super series, played some great stuff. Are you enjoying playing again? Yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. And I think because I'm enjoying it, I'm playing better. But again, that's probably because I'm hitting the scores that I'm used to. And I'm not wondering, oh, no, where are they gone and stuff like that, because it's all coming into play now. Like, um, especially this time at the Super Series, like my scoring, like my 180s are like back. And then, you know, you have a couple of them high shot outs. And I'm like, OK, right, just, just carry on with this. And it's making me really enjoy it again. That's good to see. It's good to see. Um so, looking ahead, obviously, the NBE as well. I know when it came out, we, we, we were laughing and joking, but you must be so proud of that. Yeah, no, I'm really proud of that because I'm like, you know, not everyone gets an MBE and I didn't realise, I knew I'd helped the sport, but I didn't realise how much I've actually helped, like, um, publicise the sport. And I was like, it's 
actually frightening to think of how much I've pushed it. Like, if someone speaks to darts and stuff like that, they may not know my name, but they always go, oh, yeah, the blonde bird that plays. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they know, or they see me and they go, oh, you're the dart player. It's like when I was um, getting just a lot of burger after the Super Series on Friday night, this random bloke come up to me and then was like, I recognise you, you play darts. And like, I've never seen him before in my life. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I watch the darts. And then obviously I was joking around saying someone looked like Rob Cross. It weren't Rob Cross. And, you know, he was getting people to sign it. He was like, can I have your autograph? So I was like, yeah, yeah. And I've got the other person to go, here, sign it. And he signed it at the voltage. It's not even Rob Cross. But the bloke absolutely loved it. Uh, I like that. How does life change you in general? Obviously, you just, you just said about that encounter since the moment that you won at the World Championship. Obviously, um, Phil's told us firsthand about just how busy you were in New York when you went over there as well. How does life in general change you when you do do those things that are so recognisable? Yeah, no, it does change a little bit because it's like I can't even go into Tesco now. Um, I have to go into like Tesco or anywhere out in Milton Keynes and I actually have to like, you know, have no makeup on, but my hair up, you know, go out in like hoodies and stuff like that. So people like second guess like, is that her? Is that not her? And then they don't come up. But then if I go out with my hair down and my glasses on, everyone comes up to me and it's like, <laughs> that bit's changed. Um, but then obviously like the whole interviews and the whole pressure behind it that's all changed when I play darts now as well so it's just kind of learning how to adapt to the situation that I've put myself in but if I didn't enjoy it I wouldn't be doing it Fallon, looking into um, the match play this year obviously there was a large expectation that you would go on and pick up the first trophy last year but we had Martin earlier who said that Bold Reeves is hot favourite do you look at that or does it change your approach to the tournament, knowing that you're going in as a so-called underdog of this? To be fair, I actually prefer going in as an underdog because even looking into it last year, I never thought I was the favourite. I thought Lisa would be the one that was the favourite. So it's like as soon as Lisa went out to Aileen, I was like, right, come on, foul, like play. Um, and it kind of helped me relax a little bit going into that competition. No, think well, I don't know, you know, if I was favourite or not favourite. Like mentally, I was thinking Lisa was favourite. So then going into this year, I know no one's expecting me to win at all. So I'm like, yeah, all right. Like, I can just go in, enjoy it, go under the radar, which is how I prefer to play because no one has any expectations of you doing well. So then it's more of a shock when you do do well. Um, so, yeah, I quite like it when I'm not expected to do anything. And, and just on the MBE um I know there's a lot of conversations and when Cam come on, we asked him who's the best player between you and you two in the household. Are you now throwing out the NBA as a extra one on your mark as being the best? Yeah, uh, to be fair, <laughs> I, I need to change it on our little tablet thing when we like, uh, you know, like when we practice and stuff like that, I need to put the little <laughs> NBA at the end of it. Um, <laughs> I think yeah, you need no, to I make sure you wear it. Pardon? You need to make sure you wear it. It needs to go on the dart shirt, surely. Oh, mate, yeah, no, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. In Germany, I actually sat there and I was like, right, don't forget, if you need to say my name, just pronounce the NPE at the end of it. Like, <laughs> I was just like, trying to be a right wind-up about it. But I enjoy it because it's, like, something to be proud of and stuff like that. So I'm just going to keep riding it. 
I like that. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> obviously, with the women's series, that I know we, we, we speak quite a lot, and you were like, oh, I'm, I'm outside the, the rankings. But the last two blocks that you've had, you've catapulted yourself back up into contention. That must be a nice feeling as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll be honest, like the first one, I just kind of went into that. I weren't, I didn't prepare, right? I know I didn't prepare, right? Um, I went into that thinking, do you know what? Just see how it goes. And I felt like I was really bad in my performances. Um, so these two last women's series that I've been going to, I've been preparing before I go and stuff like that. And yes, what well, the one in Milton Keynes. Was- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hitting the averages, I just weren't getting the results. So I knew that I was playing well enough. And obviously going into Germany, I was just like, right, okay, you know, just carry on playing as you can and they it, something will give. Because it's like I said to Robin in Milton Keynes, because she was playing so well. And I said to her, I said, don't, like, just carry on, keep going, because something will give. You can't keep playing that well and getting nothing from it. So... That's what I've been thinking the last couple, and it showed. Um, you know, like you said, like I've catapulted myself. Um, so hopefully, you know, by the end of this season with it, I hopefully can catapult myself a little bit more and just kind of get back to how I was. And that as well, the Challenge Tour has been big for you as well, hasn't it, this year? That you've gone there, you've got results. You obviously hit the nine data, which was fabulous as well. But the Challenge Tour can be a hard place, and that gets you really battle ready, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't, I mean, apart from the couple of odd games that you get, you can't really go and hit like 70 averages and start winning games and having runs. You need to hit, you know, your 90 averages and have runs and you might have the odd, you know, player that's hitting like 100 averages against you. But if you can keep up with them and just hope they miss that one or two darts um, and you can just get back into the game that way and just keep keep fighting... That's what helps your game, especially in the challenge tour. You can't keep getting like disheartened every time that you lose. You just got to take each game as a learning curve and just keep going. And I think it's good that there's two points in a day. Well, have you knocked your earphone out? Sorry, <laughs> she's dropped an AirPod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got, some, we've got some questions for you. First of yeah. all, what weight dart do you throw? I think it's 23. Yes. I don't know. I've never really put it on a scale, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's like we were, we were debating it earlier, and I was like, no, it's definitely 23. 
I think he's funny for a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, no one sat there and gone, no, have you weighed him? And I'm like, no, that was the manufacturer's job. I just threw them. We'll take your first answer. 23 is fine. Yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia says 23. Well, Wikipedia is right. Who was your favourite dart players growing up? Um... I don't know. I kind of always like. I didn't really watch darts growing up. Like, like my mum and that always played, but like they always had it on on the TV and stuff like that. And I never really watched it. I mean, like obviously the women's side, it was always Trina. And then obviously like when the males played and stuff like that, it was like when the PDC started playing, it was Michael. Yeah, and I suppose that goes. How did you get into darts? Is that through your parents playing as well? Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, how, how I got into darts, like, mum and dad always played county, and then Philly started playing Super League to play county for them, and then I was just sat there at the back of the room, like, moaning that I was at the darts, and I was like, well, I don't want to be here, <laughs> and then um, I went to a youth uh, county thing, uh, my, and mum was like, here, just play, just play, and I remember playing my reserve games, and I was losing with nine averages, like, I was awful. And then I literally then started playing for the Super League team and then I played county and then it just kind of escalated. And I remember, I still remember my first A game that I won. I won with an 11 average, 3-0. And I couldn't understand why the woman was crying afterwards. So I was like, why is she crying? Now I'd be absolutely devastated. I'd be crying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Will the MBE be announced on your walk-on, do you know? I don't know. I think they might, just because, you know... It depends on everything because it's like, oh, yeah, the whole nickname, Queen of the Palace, like kind of getting the whole crowd involved in it. And then you could probably say, oh, you know, the MBE at the end of it because I think it suits really well with the Queen of the Palace. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> ironically. Yeah. Um, would you like to see a Women's World Championship within the PDC? Yes and no. I mean, I'd like to see, you know, more opportunities and more competitions for the women. But at the same time, I enjoy playing the men. And I don't see why we can't compete against the men. You know, I know, obviously, we've got the match play and stuff like that. But why can't we just, you know, the top eight go into another comp? You know, like how the BDO used to do for the Grand Slam. If they really wanted to, why couldn't they just take some women off the rankings and put them in and stuff like that and just kind of give us more opportunities to show about what we can do on the TV and stuff like that. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm in an R in with that because I don't want to take away the opportunity of playing against other men if they put uh, women's in because I enjoy playing against men. They push your game and they make you play better. And I've always performed better when someone's hitting it against me. So with this as well, do you think the standard is now good enough and the match play should be more than eight? Yes, I I think so. I think because the standard is definitely getting better and you can see it. I mean, look at Lorraine. She just missed out this year. And, like, she she was there last year. She still can put in the performances and stuff like that. And, you know, you've got, like, Laura who who can have a really, really good game. And, I mean, just give her more opportunity to play on the stage and she should show both what she can do on the floor on the stage. It's just getting the opportunity for the women to kind of show both what they can do. But, obviously, the more they get a chance to go on these stages, the more experience they're going to gain from it. Um, but, yeah, like even Corinne and all that, they're all underneath that could have quite easily got there. 
Do you remember how old you were when you first threw your first 180? Um, probably about like 17 because like even though I didn't want to play, like when I first started playing at 17 and stuff like that, I've always kind of hit what I was going for. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, you'd have like the big fives and the big ones and all that. Everyone's going to have that. Um, but then it was probably, I, I weren't long before I did hit my first 180 because I think, I don't know, it's just grouping. Once my eyes in, I can just follow it in. But Maybe not darts, but just in general. Who's your idol? Um, you can't say Phil <laughs> Well, that, that would be the right answer, obviously. Uh, I'll just say the prime man. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I like this one, a bit light hard. Have you ever pulled twin magic? Have you ever got Philly to play a game for you, pretending to be you? No, but I have, <laughs> I have used, because I remember once we were at County and she didn't have her ID and they refused to serve her at the bar. And I remember going up to her and I was like, oh, I've got ID. And she was like, yeah, but she hasn't got ID. And I was like, here, do me a favour. I said, go on to Google. So I've got her to, like, Google me. And I said, here, look, click on that one. I said, that's her. So then it's like, literally, I was like, yeah, that's Philly. Like, look, look at her age. Like, like, like that we're old enough and stuff like that. And I managed to get her served. <laughs> that's the only time I've used, like, the twin thing. But, um, yeah, no, I can't get I can't I'm get just... it. Just flipping that round, has she ever got you to play down for her? No, because even though, <laughs> even though we're twins, you can definitely tell the difference. I'm not as, um, what's the word? She's very hot-tempered. Um, last couple before we let you go. Is there any one game that stands out as the favourite game you've played in? Not really. I mean, obviously, the first one in the world is going to be always my favourite one. Um, I do like the Dimitri one. <laughs> I, keep, I keep coming back to that one. But I do like the uh, 170 one as well. On, on the Dimitri game, obviously, that tournament, in that final, for two sessions, you had Michael worried. We, we were all there. He, he, he was worried. When he goes off for his break, when he's in control, he's all calm. He wasn't. Do you ever look back at that game and go, oh, it was it was there? Well, I do and I don't because it was like, okay, I knew, I know I can play like that. It's obviously I'm not used to playing the longer format. So I kind of look back at it now and I'm like, okay, right, you know, it, the more I play, eventually I'll be able to sustain it for that long format. But I did get him back at an exhibition and it did go all over the Dutch papers. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, because I put it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he was like, I remember seeing him afterwards, like, oh, you know you were all in the papers. And I was like, what was I? And he goes, yeah, look at this. And I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Absolutely incredible. Fallon, we know you're playing, so we'll let you get on. But first of all, thank you very well, much. They put me on last anyway. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we will see you in Blackpool. And... As a request, can you please turn up on the Saturday to do your media this time? Not pull the I'm stuck in traffic line. Yes, you know. I was stuck in traffic in Milton Keynes. <laughs> and, and, and please turn up with a bottle of prime. Please turn up with a bottle of prime. <laughs>
I've got pink ones in the fridge. I'll rub one off the kids. I'll bring it to Blackpool for you. I'll be really <laughs> honest. I literally, I bought one for Rory the other day. And hit, um, Rory and Cammy were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you got time. Let me taste it. I was like, oh, no, not for me. Not for oh. me. They didn't, neither of them liked it. So I don't know why you're publicising it. So. Rory loves a dark player, doesn't he? At the exhibitions we did a couple of months ago, he was loving all the photos, wasn't he? I know, he's still got them all in his bedroom. He's like, he's got about that many photos. I'm like, mate, mate. But he keeps going to me, oh, when we next go to one? I was like, well, you're at school, my next couple. And he was like, yeah, but I can I can miss a day at school. I was like, you're not missing a day at school to come to an exhibition. <laughs> Fallon, thank you very, very much as always. And we'll see you in Blackpool. See you later. Thank you. Everyone, Miss Fallon, Sherrick, everyone. And I'll tell you what, boys, what a refreshing attitude to, to, to look at it, where she's like, I want to play the men. I want to play yeah. the men. I'm happy being underdog, going into a tournament that's worrying for the absolute rest of the field. Underdog, very, very loosely, by the way, but underdog. Um, it, is, it's, it is very, very refreshing, especially down into this week. I think it's really, really good as well because we know that like the sport of darts is is one of the few sports in which like generally across the board, men and women can compete on an, on an exact level playing field. Like there's very, very few sports in the world where you could say that like without any sort of reasonable adjustments or anything else that men and women can com- compete on an even playing field. And and yes, and I think it's really, really good as, as sort of Fallon alluded to that we've got you know, the women's tour and we've got women's events that encourage women within the game. But sh- the long-term sh- goal surely is, is is to get to a point where the, the very best women's players are playing with the very best men's players. And that standard of, of, of women's darts keeps going up and up and up because there are so few sports in which that can really happen. And us being, or our sport being one of them, I just think we need to, everybody needs to keep pushing and striving for it as much as we can. Do we think that change will happen in time that the current crop of players benefit from it? No. Or do we think they're going to be the ones that are carrying the flag for everybody else? Yeah. Yeah, people will be talking about it. Generations of future. At that yeah. point, would you not go and bag yourself a world championship somewhere? Uh, what That was probably one of the things I probably found more strange. Because as a, as a fan and media and all that, we constantly talk around we need a women's a PDC women's world championship. We need it. And ton, a lot of the time we allude to it because we think the players will like it as well. I know I'll come back to the world cup doubles, but the majority of them were like, yeah, that's what we want to see. We want that. Problem me. I definitely was, but I'm assuming a lot of people were surprised to hear that Fallon was saying that isn't the sort of the top priority being a, having a PDC women's world championship. It was having the opportunity to compete against the best players in the world whether that be men or women, but in a open competition, that was probably more surprising. But I agree, Phil, very, very refreshing in that being the case. Yeah, I've got to say, on what Fallon said there as well, I'm, I'm kind of going towards that as well, where I'd like to see another women's only tournament on or running in conjunction with a men's tournament. Maybe not a world championship, but maybe a women's Grand Prix next or something along those lines. That, Especially that, something that, with a different format, a set play or a, or double a double, a, yeah, that, 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 that next integration 
of, of the women's game. I'd perhaps like to see another tournament, something like that. I just think it needs to be, we need to make sure that if that happens, and I think it will happen, just not yet, that it doesn't stop that path. I, if you look back at the BDO, it was very much, this is the men's day and this is the women's day. It was very much separate. As long as the PDC doesn't fall into that category and it is a men's name and a women's name, it's very much, we have a women's name because we're trying to promote it, but also we have an open event which allows Fallon, Bo, Lisa, whoever, to, to go and compete for a tortard. And then, how great would it be for us to be in a conversation in five, six years going, well, the women shouldn't play in the women's series if they've got a tortard and we're having that conversation that we yeah, have. Yeah, we end up having the same conversations that we have about the dev tour. Yeah. How great would that be to have if we've got four or five women playing on the on the the open tour as such? So hopefully we get to that position to have them sort of debates and conversations. My one concern with increasing the number of women's events that, that stand alone alongside the PDC is it gets a little bit like the World Series. The ultimate aim is to grow it and build that platform, etc. But at what point do you say actually no? We've achieved that, and then you remove it because then it looks like you're taking away opportunities. If the PDC suddenly pull out of Australia on the World Series, everyone's going to be like, well, hang about. You've been here for so long. Why are you doing that now? But actually, at some point, that is going to have to have run its course. Yeah. Um, the other thing as well I'd like is places in the UK Open. Oh, yeah. For the, for the Women's Series, Order of Merit, the same as the Challenge Tour, and the same as the dev tour? Yeah, eight, eight for me, that should be. And then we're taking away Joe Bloggs qualifying, though. Do those eight spots come from your qualifier events? Well, what we have, the don't we have the top eight from Challenge Tour, but then that, and dev tour, but that then feeds down, even though people have got tour cards within that. Surely there's opportunities there. Yeah, there must be a way to dilute, to dilute yeah. that a little bit and share around those spots. Even if you went you top, even if you went top, top six, challenge and dev, and then had top four women. Yeah, there's yeah, start, exactly. There's a starting place. And yeah, because I guess you're getting two and two, aren't you? So yeah, you yeah. could take those two, and it wouldn't filter down. It wouldn't be the top ten, then it would be. It'd still yeah. be your top. You you could do it that way. That would allow it to not have an impact, and you've not got someone on the dev tour who's sitting in ninth hoping that someone above him or tempt someone above him doesn't let the tour tidy if he doesn't let one for a chance. Well, I guess the dev tour is a bit different because you can play on it with, it would still be the top six ranked Yeah, sorry, players, challenge, challenge, the challenge tour. Challenge yeah. tour would yeah. be three to eight, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and just for the chat room, it's not, we're not going to talk about Nolan Van Leuyden playing in the women's world match play. We spoke about it when she qualified and the, the rules are there. And she is allowed to play in the women's series. The PDC have okayed it and cleared it. Whether people in the chat room or whatever like it, dislike it, look, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. However, she was allowed to play in it. She qualified. And for me, that's the end of it. Regardless of people's opinions on the situation, she was allowed to play and she's qualified. So she has earned the right to play at the Winter Gardens. You can't take someone's money for all the entry fees to play in the Women's Series to then qualify and out. You can't play in the TV event. Um, she was cleared to play and she's played from the off, so... Yeah. 
So it's not we're not talking about it. We we spoke about it beforehand, um, and that that's basically basically it. Um, I'm not talking about it because I have a job that I care about and I can't. The other thing to consider actually is that just because Noelin has suddenly become the most high profile, it doesn't mean that there haven't been trans participants in the women's series since its inception. The which same in the WDF system, in which there is already a trans, someone that identifies as trans, has already qualified for the women's world championship. That, yeah. That's the thing. It's just, it's just, it's new. It's news because, and, and people are talking about it because of a very, very specific because because it, it's coming around to the match play time of year, and she's qualified for the match play now. But again, the the conversation and the debate couldn't be further from one that's about darts because it isn't really, is it? Like it's not the conversation isn't about darts. It's it's a it's a completely difficult political conversation, and there's plenty of people having those conversations, and there's thousands of YouTube shows and podcasts that are doing that. Um, it's not really just it's just not a conversation about darts. No, agreed. Um, right, Poland. First of all, the first no, no, no. we're not picking our women's world match play winner. I'm not gonna lie, I, I've forgotten about that. We'll come on to Poland in a minute. Better <laughs> world match play. Um, Bo is the huge favorite, but of recent series, yes, she still won titles, but is it fair to say she's not in the same all conquering form she was in? Before the last two, agreed. Yeah, well, she won less than she's won before, didn't she? She went on that <laughs> ridiculous rampage and winning streak that she seems to just put together at the drop of a hat. Then she finally loses an event, and then she puts together another streak that goes in the top five all time of winning streaks in the women's series. Um, but there are, I don't know what the word is. There are little chinks in the armor. Right now, I think. What we're picking, finalists and a winner. We might as well preview it all, haven't we? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go for it all. Um, Seven games. So, game one is um, Bo against Nowellin. Game two, Robin Byrne against Rihanna Sullivan. Game three, Makuri Suzuki against Aileen DeGraff. And then, just an absolute blockbuster and the fact this is still first to four is criminal in all these games, but Fadhan against Lisa. One session, isn't it? That's the issue. They've got to get seven games in that one oh, session. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I get it. But for, for these women, I don't think it's right. I think it should, they deserve a longer format than best of seven. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the floor games, you qualify there for best of 11s and then you get a best of 21, don't you? Whereas this is yeah. you qualified with a best of seven. Now stay in a best of seven. Yeah. Um, but game one, uh, Bo against Nolan. Are we all going for the obvious in this one? Yeah. Yeah, Bo wins this. Yeah. For me. I think I'm in agreement that, like I said, there are chinks in the armour, I think, with the Bo Greaves action right now and being on TV in front of that crowd might expose them a little more. But I think with it being Noah Lynn's first TV 
appearance against the form player that is Bo Greaves and the fact that they met in the final of the last event and Bo absolutely blew them away. Can't see past Bo. Yeah. I know that time a little bit though, because Noelin had done a job that day. <laughs> she was in total relaxed mode. But Bo was incredible, wasn't it? So Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going four. I'm going four. I'm going whitewash. I think Bo wins it 4-0. Um, this next game is literally a coin toss game. Robin Byrne against Ryan O'Sullivan. That look, Robin's one of the most improved women on the tour. She has been sensational. Where Ryan, we we've all known for years what Ryan can do really, really tough game. For once, man, I agree with a lot of what you just said. It is a tough game. It's a coin toss. I think it's a 4-3 either way. I don't see the player absolutely running away with it unless one of them has a disaster on the outer ring. Um, that said, just because of the... From the last couple of events, I think Robin Byrne has been playing the better darts. But Rihanna Sullivan has so much more experience. She's been there and done that in WDF events. She's picked up titles an incredible amount in the last couple of years. And she's been there to compete against the other big names up on that stage, i.e. Bo, um, Dieter Hedman when she's been at events, Lisa Ashton, she's, she's given Fallon Sherrick a ride. I'm going to say Rihanna edges it 4-3. I agree that Rihanna comes through. I've, I've been impressed with Rihanna yet. Yeah. PDC hasn't been as strong, but the manner of how she's picked up some of the WDF titles, the performances she's done, the 90 averages are becoming more frequent. I think Rianne comes through it 4-2. See, I'm going to disagree. I um, the, the Certainly the last couple of events, and I, I did the stream for the, last, um, for the last one, and I just think Robin's got... There's just something that I like about the way that she got through some of those games, certainly in the last event, some of the checkouts, just some of the timing that she managed to find with big visits and and breaking checkouts to break, that I was just really impressed. And uh, and I think it's Robin. I'm going for Rianne's TV experience. Just 4-3. Makura Suzuki against Aileen DeGraff. Now, this game depends on a lot of things for me. And the main one being is Makura's preparation. The importance of this, she has to get into the country early because we've seen her on a few women's series get into the UK late and it's cost her. Yeah, I, I'm edging towards Eileen in this one. I uh, there's there's too many question marks just around Makuru and preparation, and also adding to that what Eileen done last year, creating the shot of the first round very much. I'm planning on doing it again this year. I'm going to disagree again. And and I, I I think it's Makuru. Again, just I just think we've seen too much from her this year. I know it's 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 you know, you can talk about individual preparations for, for a particular event, 
But I just think over the last 12 months, we've, we've seen far far too much. Um, and I, I think she'll probably get through it, if, if I'm honest, relatively comfortably. What are you going for, Gob? Nakuru for me. I I, I agree. I'm, I think Nakuru does. I think I think she will get the prep right. And I'm going Nakuru. To, I don't think Aileen's in the same form she was six, nine months ago. Even if she doesn't get the prep right, Aileen's got the scars from last year. Nakuru didn't play in that event, but she's won two world titles. In two different venues. She, she's not afraid of going up there and playing these guys and walking away with the big trophy at the end of it. No, I, I agree. Look, the next one. Strap yourselves in. Fallon Sherrick and Lisa Ashton meet in the quarterfinal. I think it's Fallon. Again, fairly comfortably. Just on recent form, I just, you know, Lisa's, Lisa was up in Middlesbrough last week and, 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 and looked good. Um, look very good to be to be to be completely honest. Um, I just think Fallon, Lisa doesn't. I don't think Lisa shies away from a big crowd, and she doesn't. And she and she doesn't. But I just think it's where Fallon can turn it on, um, and that's probably where we'll see the. We, you know, we've, we'll probably see the best of Fallon on on, on that stage. And we'll probably see her go a level above what we've been seeing on the floor. Whereas I think Lisa's likely to to maintain the level that we've seen. I think the legwork Fallon's put in over the last eight weeks, we've seen a level from her that we've not perhaps seen from Lisa of late. Look, Lisa will go down as one of the all-time greats of the women's game. But in the last year, we haven't seen those big performances from her, those 90-plus averages, those ton-topping averages where we are seeing them from from Fallon again. And the fact that Fallon beat Lisa twice on the last day of the last block of the women's series, I think is a good thing for Fallon. I'm finding it difficult because we've seen in spurts, which I'm classing this time as being a spurt being best of seven, what Lisa can do. That one set she had at the World Championship um, previous year, two this year. Uh, she played against Neil in the seniors. Um, there is them levels that Lisa can hit. Um, and I hear she's playing very well on the exhibition scene. I know she got to the final this weekend in the Midlands with like Darry Anderson and Adrian Lewis and players there. So she must be putting the time in as well. But it's just hard to battle against Fallon on stage, isn't it? <laughs> All that said, it's Fallon on it in TV screen in Blackpool. Good memories. <laughs> Fallen edge is it, but I am finding it very difficult because I think Lisa will turn up this weekend, uh, next weekend. Bob, I mean, I'm struggling to disagree with any of you. Everything is telling me that Fallon Sherrick should edge this one. They're very recent head to head. The fact it's on TV, the fact she's defending champion, and the fact she's putting in the work, the form seems to be there. Um, She's been putting it in on the Super Series in front of the cameras. It's been quite warm down there, which replicates the conditions of quite a lot of the Winter Gardens. But you just can't rule Lisa out at all. 
I'm going to say Fallon edges it again, but there is a lot riding on it. I think considering Lisa is the multiple-time world champion that she is and, and was the dominant force in the women's game for a considerable amount of time, there's a lot in her favour here as well. The fact it's so close to home, I expect a fair few will have travelled in her corner. The fact she's going to go under the radar, whether you like it or not, we could talk about Fallon being an underdog for the tournament, but for this match, everybody's eyes are going to be on Fallon for this one, I think, even yeah. given their head-to-head record in the past. Because of all the factors we've just spoken about, she's been playing in front of people, etc. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lisa win it, but I am going to say Fallon. So, semi-finals. Who are you going for? See, this is where I'm going to... Because I'm the only one that's picked Robin Byrne to still be there at this point. But I... I think at some point during the day, Paul Greaves might just have a just have a hurdle to get over. And I don't know whether that'll be the pressure or the crowd. Like, I'm not quite sure exactly what it is. It's probably a culmination of eight or nine things. And I think if she hits that hurdle, it's in the semis rather than the final. I think if she gets to the final, then she'll she'll have sort of straightened everything out and, and will probably play through. But I think if it's going to go wrong, this is where it could go wrong. And maybe more out of devilment than anything else. I'm going to pick Robin Byrne to beat Bo Greaves in the semi-final. I think she does that push in the semi. I've done it with Entrean, but I just think both creates more chances than Rian, which means she'll then go on and take one of those or a number of those. Um, so I think Bo's not biggest challenge, but it will have a huge challenge in that semi-final, whoever it is, but I've obviously got Rian. I think Bo comes through that top half. Go Very, very difficult to back against, Bo. <laughs> what are you chuckling at? See, I'm not backing against her darts a bit like level. It's, it, I just think it's a like the, the it, whilst we say we talk about the Winter Gardens and we say it's an amazing venue and it's a beautiful room and, and, and we love it as fans. Like, I look at that and think, like, you know, if there was loads of pressure on me and I was stood up there. And, and I was only quite young and I'd never done it before and everyone expected me to win and I, I just think it it, it could eat someone alive. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's like and it's, I'm in front of millions of people on cameras and I have it. a quite well-documented issue with my action, which has played up more this year than we have seen it in the last two years. And, and that's why, I, and, I, and I think, like I said, if, I think if Bo gets to the final... I think she comes through because I just think all those hurdles, because it's such a short format and, and, and they're rattling through it in the afternoon. I just think all the things that could go wrong, she'd have got past if she final, she'll have already dealt with them. And she'll yeah. if she's in the final, she'll breeze it. But I think if it goes wrong, it's the semi. Yeah, I don't disagree. However, I think it's more likely to go wrong against Robin Byrne because I don't think she's going to be phased about beating her, but I've backed Rianne to be there. 
I'm, I think Bo makes the final. I agree. I, I think Bo comes through Robin for, not Robin, um, Rianne for two. He's gone to five, semi. Oh, five, it's, yeah, sorry, it's best of yeah, my bad. Best of nine. Yeah. Um, five, three then. Makuru versus Fallon. So I've got Eileen, but yeah, I'm, or... I, I'm still doing that. Fallon comes through it. I, it. I just find it very, very difficult for two different reasons. Fallon, because of what she produces when the, the big shiny lights are on her on TV, she produces ridiculous stuff. And I think it's a very, very tricky first round tie. I don't see her struggling with Makuru or Eileen if she's come through past Lisa, because that's the difficult one for me. And the fact that she has the confidence of that Lisa win, you know, I'm predicting it. I think she comes through that semi-final with more ease than what she does the quarter-final. None of them are going to be one-sided, I don't think, but probably a little bit more comfortable than she will at Lisa. And then obviously the flip is just as bow throws incredible numbers that, yeah, she's got that throw, but she's got that amount of chances more than everyone else. So I, I'm going bow and Fallon in the final. Hard to beat anything other than that for me, which I know is very obvious. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just think Fallon is a, she's a big, she's a big game player. You know, she, we, she, she plays well in all formats, but for me, beyond anything, she's, she's a big game player, and, and that's where she plays the best darts that she has, and I think it's very difficult to pick anything other than a, a Fallon Sherrick win. Club. Yeah, I agree. If, if she wins the first, she's in the final. Yeah, I agree. So, it will be Bo versus Fallon in the final we're all going for. We're not. And, oh, sorry, three of us. Dan's going for Robin against Fallon in the final. Correct. How do we see the final going? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, so I do in my pick because... <laughs> yeah in your pick I do Dan in my pick no and I, so again I I think it's I think it's a, com- a, a relatively comfortable Fallon Sherrick beating Robin Byrne just playing a level above probably just averaging five points more um, and, and and hitting the outer ring in, in with big pressure big environment again I, you know if if my prediction of a Paul Greaves crisis in the semis doesn't come through, then it's a very different final, and I'm and I, and I probably wouldn't have Fallon winning. But I think following the the bracket that I've laid out and picked, it, it's a Fallon Sherrick win uh, comfortably. I think six two, six three, six two. See, a, a bowl Fallon final for me is either. One in nine lengths by bow, or anything more than nine, I'm then going towards Fallon because I talked about bow's storing, but Fallon can store just as good. I think it's easily forgotten by a lot of people the manner of bow's performance against Thirsty on a TV stage in a World Championship final when we talked about bow's levels. Um, I'm going to go with 
Bold Reeves. But if you let me in a 10 fled, I'm changing. <laughs> Go. Five. Score? Uh, six. Four. Again, I agree. I think it will either be bow comfortably or if it goes deep, it's Fallon. I just think when it goes deep, you win it by either a magic, a, a moment of magic or a moment where your opponent messes up. Both of them fall into Fallon's favour, though. Yeah. No, I think it goes the other way. A moment of magic is bow. Moment of magic is someone, someone messing up on a TV, a, a world championship, and of a, I think potentially bow more than Fallon. Fallon doesn't tend to miss big opportunities when they talk. But no, against anybody else. But when she's played bow in the women's series, it has been that way round, and it yeah. is right in that wrong from the last year since Fallon was off in the World Series, and Bo come in and started to dominate. And then obviously you've got that throwback to the moment where there was the big cheer outside at the pro, at the Women's Series event, etc. This is that one big moment to put it right, and I think there's a lot of pressure there. You've got the fact, defending champion on TV, lot expected, beating Bo for what I feel like one of the first times this season. I think I'm, that culminates in pressure that actually the one more likely to make a mistake in that cauldron of a final is Fallon because of that sheer amount of pressure. I've got a question as well. Is this being played in draw bracket order from the start? Yeah. Then there's another factor in this. Yeah, there Agreed. is. And both of which play in Fallon's favour, I think. Correct. Agreed. Now you'll see the, 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 the thinking behind my narrative. My bracket. That I don't care what anyone says. That's an it's, issue. I, I've still had both to win this because the talent there alone is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And I just think she will turn up on that Sunday. Um, and it's getting the right mix of practice and rest in between those quarterfinal, semi-final final if she does that far and I still Which think she will I still think she'll manage there. that but I just that's that was my question to be honest Phil I looked at that draw bracket and thought exactly the same if it's in draw bracket still... order three games before the semi depends how that quarter final goes If there are early nerves and edginess, then those three games are a disaster amount of time for her. If there's an issue with the action. If not... But, let, but let's be honest as well. Is You know, in, in time... Let's be like... Let's just play, you know, percentages. Time-wise, game one's the fast game, isn't it? Like, game, game one's the game we expect to be over quick. The other the other three... Like, if, if they went the distance, you wouldn't be shocked. Like those could be the three longer games, couldn't they? They're, that could be where all the time is. Oh. 
it's the final concern for me, Dan. But I, I like to say, I still think she thumbs through. I think that the talent that she's got will shine that Sunday. But what a draw and oh, that's what a tournament. Are you down for, Phil? Because it's in draw bracket order, it's a concern for me. I'm not going to hide it. Fallon wins 6-4. I just think it's going to be a great advert then. I think it'll be a fabulous game from two fabulous players. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm in total agreement. And that's for any of them who are getting to the final, because I think last year's delivered on that. Um, But the draw bracket does raise more question marks, but I'm still edging with both. Poland. First of all, what an unbelievable tournament. The atmosphere was electric. And I think we'll be I think we'll be in Poland twice next year. I can see uh, a World Series event. As Dan just as Dan just thought, if we're not talking about Blackpool, I've had enough or more tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Blackpool, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. From from a spectacle, I thought it was great, Phil. Yeah, I, it was it was incredible. I thought it no, was it's I, a it's a nice addition to the calendar. Like the 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 crowd were good. I thought it was. I thought we and we saw some unbelievable darts. Really, like, really good, good all round. Really. Do. Do we see another event being there being a Euro Tour and not a World Series, though? If there is a second event. I disagree. Why? Really? If you're ready to push on to a Euro Tour, then the purpose of the World Series has has done its job. You've built the big players in. You've got the big fancy names in. If you can then go and sell out a Euro Tour, then you don't need a World Series. They will have home nation qualifiers. They will have the chance to see the tour card holders go there and qualify. And they will get to see everybody else over an extra day and more sessions. That is the purpose of the World Series, to grow the game and go, right, this is a new territory for us. If you're then running in both, what's the point? Yeah, but you've got that sort of baton handing over from a World Series to a Euro Tour that you could have that crossover for a year or two. Yeah, I agree. I think think you don't have to just cut, you don't have to cut it off to, to start the other I, th- I think you can definitely have one maybe even two year of, of, of that baton passing from from and, and and don't forget that that was I suppose an inaugural the first one but no I, I think it's I think they could take a euro tour they'd sell it and it'd be really good I'd prefer to see two years of a world series and then push on to a euro tour because obviously there is also that element that we're already expanding and we're taking another in Belgium is it mm-hmm. Prague Hungary, there's only so many they're going to take off the Germans because there is still an awfully big market in Germany. They've already got to rotate some of them in and out. We don't know which ones we're going to lose for next year. As much as we want a more widespread Euro Tour, they won't just suddenly decimate three, four events for the Germans. They're they're limited in the calendar space anyway in terms of Euro Tours and funding them. I think we'll see one more year of the World Series because they've already announced that they're returning next year. And then we could see a progression to a Euro Tour after that. I just don't see both. 
all I'm saying is Werner from PDC Europe was out on the Friday for a reason. I just I just don't see how that makes sense in terms of the ethos and what the World Series exists for. Two years there, build it up, throw it to a Euro Tour so it's a sustained part of your of your calendar. There's ways for everybody else to then go and qualify into it. And then you go somewhere else and build that up too. I, I think we'll get both. I think we'll get an event in Warsaw where it was and maybe another event in Krakow, something like that. I speak funny in Warsaw. Oh, wait. Not where Lee lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh. spend, but, too much, spend too much time with Ellen, you know. <laughs> Look, on the final day, knowing what we've known about MVG and the interview that he gave us, that he's had major work done. Mate, when we said when it was dental surgery, we were, we were all like, "All right, it is major what he's had done." Like ridiculous. Yeah, I don't see many tweets being deleted for people to go and oh, MVG just really couldn't be asked to play with Nopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Oh yeah, he had two fake. Don't like to tell you. Um, it, the, the work he's have done is ridiculous. And being that close, I not I wasn't convinced these performances were there. So he's averaged not 98 and a half against Gaulas. That's an average performance. But then on the final day, he's gone 110, 104, 113. It's all right, wasn't it? He's decent, isn't he? He's all right, that lad, isn't he? Yeah, and 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 he has. He's not. He's knocked off. He's knocked off the four. You know, he's knocked off the world number one. He's knocked off Luke Humphreys in the in the quarters. Like who, who was playing exceptionally well up and up until that point. Um, he certainly looks like he's in form. In- incredible. He's only got to, all he's got to do is the right things at the right time. He wasn't doing them at the right time. He's doing them every time on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't the right things all the time. What, yeah. It didn't matter what time they were. It was bosh. Have that. When when we was obviously talking about the match play, you tend to look at form, and I was looking at that we had seven ton pluses this week and five different players. But then you look that three of them have come from MVG and. The numbers that he's done—it's not just edging in there; it's the manner of him doing it. After having the operation, what he's had, after him saying that he's struggling with the operation, his best mate coming out <laughs> around it as well, and then he still performs them numbers. He's just—it's just something. Who needs enemies when you got friends like Vincent Van der Voort, <laughs> By the way, fuck <laughs> me. Too so bad Vincent knows exactly what buttons to push, though, doesn't he? But my, when I first read it, I was like, "Have these fell out?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vincent, don't give a fuck. He is brutal. He just says it how it is. It just, but he, you know what? He's put. I just hope for Michael's sake that he hasn't done that torment a week too early. And he's pushed him to peak form pre-tournaments and not. For oh no! Don't week. worry. He'll probably say it again on Saturday before he plays or something. Sure, he'll find something else on the morning. It's not mine um, exactly, remember. But just, uh, I, I thought it was an incredible, incredible tournament. Um, and, and fair play to everyone as well. Um, 
I know it was on at the weekend. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch any of it. The WDF stuff. I saw some stuff on social, but obviously being in Poland, didn't see any of it. No, no, no me. I, I spent that time listening to you three rant about the announcement last week, so I didn't watch any of it. To be fair, I thought we were quite balanced on it. <laughs> I'm always well behaved. Yeah. Team Manager's Cup. Who's that? Um, CDC Darts. I'll tell you what. It, it is my favourite associated tour. Oh, friends. Friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, good news about their World Championship spot. So the one that Jeff Smith wasn't eligible for will now filter down the CDC rankings. They've made a clear decision on that. I like it. it. It sort of belonged to them to start with. I say belonged in inverted commas, but it, it did. Um, it's staying with them, which, let's be honest, is what deserving it. There was a little bit of confusion over um, if Jeff Smith was eligible for it anyway. Yeah. But it's staying there, which is great news. Yeah. Oh. They put it on Facebook, but not on Twitter. I know Twitter's dying, folks. But come on now. Well, Scott's looking at. We are now on Threads as well. Make sure you give us a follow. Oh, what's that? <laughs> God, I'm so old. It's, it's Dan, you version of Twitter. Dan, you couldn't have sounded any older, especially with the like, you gave at the time. Like today, I had to actually say to someone, like someone said something to me, and I said, I'm not on Snapchat. And then someone went, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so. It's a bit like, you know, I went, no, I'm not on Instagram either. Like, I, oh, no, I mean, I've got a teenage daughter that has TikTok. I sort of understand what that is. Like, I, can we just stop with more? Like, I'm like, <laughs> God. like I'm, I'm, I'm half. Like, I'm I'm just, just getting used to Twitter. Um, well, Threads is easy. It's basically the same. It's, it's it, you've copied my... They are very similar. It's very, <laughs> allegedly. Can I copy your homework? Yeah, but just change a little bit. <laughs> Can I employ the bloke you used to employ to do your own work? Is it that? Yeah, pretty much. much. But you have to have an Instagram Instagram account to sign up for it, basically. So there's that little bit of protection oh, that you can't be truly anonymous and whatever else. By the end of the week, Dan's going to be on Instagram and Threads. So do you know what I might do? I might um, if if I manage to uh, if I secure a ticket next week to to go to go to Blackpool. I will. I will create an Instagram, and I will Instagram my trip to Blackpool next week. What have you decided? What days you're coming yet? Wednesday. Right, because I think I have two tickets available Friday. If you can get there Friday as well. Oh, Friday might be a bit of a challenge. I've got too many kids and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done. 
Dan, don't worry about it. All on social media. By the signs of things, just come to the door. <laughs> if they can all just sit in front, they won't know I'm gone until unless I put it on Instagram. Then they'll know I'm there. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I think potentially. I'm. Um, I'm definitely. I'm definitely coming through to Blackpool on Wednesday. Um, potentially. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm bizarrely. I'm working in Bolton on on Thursday. So I could, I, I'll probably, if I, I might get to the evening session Thursday night. Well, you um, then stay Thursday night, and then because you're there, you may as well come Friday and go home Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I could probably, I could probably work on that actually. I feel like that's, that's probably something I could do. Not a bad idea. In uh, fact, it's not a bad idea at all. Right. So we are in Fergie time, but I don't care. We never go anywhere without question time. Shushu gums you. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Andrew. <laughs> um, get your questions in. That we, we we never cut off the chat room. They get their questions every week, and we will answer them. Well, they hurry up, man. Gob's on a promise. Not quite. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, so we didn't, we didn't tell you what the promise was. He might have just been food, mate. Yeah, Gob's on a promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, was made a sandwich. Pasta and dough balls. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, look. Bolton to Blackpool. It's an easy commute. Go for it. That's what I was thinking. That's what I'm. So I'm in a place in a hotel called The Last Drop In, just outside of Bolton on Thursday night. And I'm thinking of just nipping over in the car. The electric car. Uh, yeah, I'm in the e I'll, I'll be in the e-tron, but there's no charges at this hotel, so I'm gonna have to find some in Bolton in uh, yeah. Blackpool. Good they have a um, pillow menu though. Oh mate, in Blackpool? No, in Bolton. Oh, oh yeah, I, I stay slightly outside of town, mate. I don't stay in the <laughs> uh, sort of an estate. Was Beaton versus the Wanderer the oldest combined age at a PDC ranking event? Without looking into it. I can't think of too many. Um, How old's Beaton? What's that? How old's Beaton? He oh. is... 59. Ooh. Has he not played Ross Montgomery this year? 19, born in 1964. If he's played Montgomery, then that's the one. Whilst you look at that, I've got earlier who the best start player was out of you. Like he said, he is. Agree. Uh, on paper, he probably is. However, he only drew one all with me on a stage. He, he didn't. He didn't beat me in Yarville. Yeah. So he, he, he's one that that runs his gums off a lot, but um, he um, fails to deliver on a big stage. I'll spark you out. <laughs> uh, Steve Beaton played against Ross Montgomery on the 18th of February. That'll be that one then. Yeah, that, that's it. Do you know what the next one behind it is? Was is um is uh Mervyn King 56? There you go, Dan. If you're stuck in Bolton, get yourself down to the Lamb Pub. 
Watch the lamb shankers in. A- is that a is that a euphemism? <laughs> oh, Brad, I like this one. If you had to pick four current tour card holders in their prime and four seniors, stroke retired players, or no longer here, to create sorry, part two of the question to create a dream Premier League lineup. Who would your eight picks be and what venue would they be at? Well, oh, so four, four, hang on. Four current and four from anyone else, dead or alive. But the current players are at their best, not as they play now. Yes. So if I had Gandor, I'd have like prime Gandor. Yeah. Okay, hang on then. Who's my last one? I've done it. And I've got my venue as well. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, I've got seven. So, I'm playing it at Dublin because that's the best Premier League venue for me. Okay. My four current prime, at their prime, I'm going MVG, Anderson, Price and Barney. Mm. And my other four, Phil, Eric, Jockey. And I've cheated on this one, but I'm putting him in there because he is a senior. Richie Burnett. Ooh. I've got six of your eight. I think I have seven. No, yeah, I've got six. So I've taken out 94, 95, 96. I've taken out Richie Richie Burnett for Martin Adams, but that's just because I love the block Martin Adams. So Martin Adams replaces um, Richie Burnett, so he does with Jotty Eric and Phil. Don't move Anderson, MVG, Price, but I've replaced Barney with Adrian Lewis. Them couple of years, them two world championships, it was just incredible. So AD back in his prime. Um makes that eight for me. And I know I tell, I, it, we've reeled them off weird. way too quickly. We've reeled them off way too quickly because there's probably another <laughs> five or See, six the, more so in the legends. But it's weird because I've literally picked I, I've got eight and and between the two of you you've got so I went for um current cu- current card holders at their very best. I went MVG Gandor Barney and A.D. Lewis, and then I went Taylor, Bristow, Priestley, Adams. Yeah. That's a hell of a Premier League, that. I tell you what, I would love... And and of course, it's in Newcastle, mine. To have seen Jockey play in the modern era, I would have... Incredible. What are you going for, Gob? I'm one short. It's doesn't matter. Is it him or him? The 
things we do to their dog talking about the Premier League in July. We have to create these scenarios. Well done, Sam. <laughs> speak to someone quickly. Speak to Betfred. See the odds on God picking James Wade here. <laughs> One to ten. I was going to say you'll win the square root of fuck all. Don't worry about that. Uh, MVG Gando Lewis. And then I'm stuck between two and it's Wade and Barney. No. You're putting Prime Wade above Prime Price or... Bo- yeah. Prime Wade still averages 89 and straps a win. Are you drunk? No. Premier League is not just about winning, it's about entertaining. And James Wade entertains me when he infuriates every other fucker, including you trying to interview him. Because that's <laughs> the big thing. You want to speak to him afterwards? I don't <laughs> In this field of them seven in their prime, I've got a feeling also, James Wade doesn't I'm win. I'm going to pick a former Premier League winner and Glenn Durrant. What's going on, man? Disrespect yeah, to the wall. To be fair, Boyce just made a good point. If all the others are playing at their prime, James Wade ain't winning, so I'm not going to have to interview him with his 83 average. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess Phil Adesh, you'd have to interview one loser every week, so Dobber just put James Wade. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Taylor, Bristow, Bob Anderson. I like that. Bob was close on mine. And then I'm stuck between two for the entertainment factor. But not about winning in here. Bobby George. Yeah, you can get behind that one. Or Wayne Mardle. See, if for a Premier League... I I wouldn't argue against the addition of Wayne. I'd even wouldn't argue against the addition of a Nico just just for the format of a Premier League because entertainment value is there. Um, do you need entertain any more entertainment value when you've got A.D. Lewis, Arrogant when he was in prime because he had it to bat it up, Darry Anderson in prime, throwing up against the Derwin Price where you know there's that battle every week. And then Phil Taylor playing mind games with a lot of... Yeah, but I don't you imagine how infuriating it would be for A.D. Lewis to be fired up and Mardle just to come on going, wah, at the end of the <laughs> war cover before he's even got there. Yeah. Look, here we go. The, right, this one here as well. Uh, we are working on it. I think we've got the finish, but I was directing today, so I can officially confirm that, obviously, I've got, I can see all eight camera angles that it did happen. It was incredible. No one can practice that. No one can have that celebration in a, I haven't done it. You 100% can tell by his reaction that yeah. he's definitely done it. And Steve's as well. What? Yeah, right, it was it, it, it was unreal. Um, right, folks, we are deep into Fergie time. Um, but, boys, what an incredible show it's been tonight. Best time of the year. Four man. Yeah. Uh, our two guests, Mark from Betfred, great to have him on. And of course, the Queen of the Palace MBE, Fallon Sherrick, was on as well. The two hours, 15 minutes has absolutely flown by tonight. Remember, plenty coming up. Uh, we have interviews dropping this week with Hendo, um, possibly Steve Brown. Um, our preview will be up um, as well. And then we will be in Blackpool for all the fun and games where we have everything covered for you. There will not be a live lounge next week, Bob, because there's obviously darts going on. 
and people are, are not going to watch us over the Better Fred World Match Play. So, no live lounge next week because we are in Blackpool, but the Fallout Bar will be back. All the interviews covered. Plenty of stuff on site for you as well, boys. And we're back tomorrow for the Pro Tour. Woo! Yeah, and Gob will start the Pro Tour and I will join him once the Super Series has finished. But it's been our pleasure to do the big Betfred World Match Bay preview. Myself, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce and Dan Simpson, as we had all four of us on today. We couldn't not... Could we? Gentlemen, thank you very much. Chat room, you have been amazing. We have been online darts. Superb. And we'll see you all very, very soon. Oh.